Bibles, you may open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll be reading verse 22. It's wonderful to be here. I think you'll honor me too highly. You know, we're basically links in a divine chain. If it weren't me being obedient, God would raise somebody else up to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and use them. Lest we ever... And you know, you never save anybody. Only Jesus saves people. You can only let your light shine. Only the Holy Spirit can bring that conviction. So lest any man should boast. Now, when I found the scripture, you know, last, uh, I was up in North India at our Bible school in Bilaspur. We actually have one also in Jakarta, Indonesia, where we'll be going uh, into this month, uh, in the next month. But uh, we were up ministering in Bilaspur. You know, they started one midweek evening service at 5 p.m. I wondered why it was so early. There was about 120 people packed into this little gym a hall. And at the end of the service, the pastor came to me and said, Pastor Andrew, there's many people wanting prayer, but I want you to just pray for just these two people. We'll pray for the rest. There were two girls about 17 and 18 years of age, both working, radically saved, come from a completely non-Christian background. He said, please pray that when they go home, this is why we start the service here at 5 o'clock, so these girls can go home and pray that they won't get beaten up by their daddy tonight. So they try to hold the service early so they can go back before it gets dark so the dad may not suspect that they went to church. That's in Belaspo. And then I was in Raipur the following weekend and this one lady was sitting outside. She was the first to be at church with the prosthesis. Her left leg was a complete false stump. She sits outside because they all sat on the floor on mats. So she takes it off so she can crawl into the building, sits in the second row of the mats. And when it came to time for praise and worship, she kneeled up straight on her one good leg and her other stump with both hands raised in the air and was worshiping God. I thought, oh God, have mercy on me. What reason do I have not to worship you and to praise you? That's just here in India. Having said that, you said, Pastor Andrew, you were sitting down during worship. I saw you. I was standing and preaching in Southside. I'm tired. So I rejuvenate. And now I have to stand again while you sit. So I just thought I'd mention that in case someone's thinking analytically and critically has been resolved. Okay? So last Sunday I was in Chennai dedicating a new church. And my wife Anne came here because this was a home church. Here's how we reconnected at APC. And... Uh, she told me what Pastor Ashish preached on, outreach and, and strategizing. I thought, wow. So that caused me to rethink. And I called him and said, I was going to preach on this, but I said, okay, if I preach on this. He said, great, go ahead. So now, that's the background. So the Lord always is on target. If you'll read with me or follow with me, verse 22, the Apostle Paul speaking, What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? I, shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. The apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth. And he is like raking them over the coals. In those days in the early church when they had communion, different families brought their own food which was like a love feast. After they had their worship and praise and word, they would sit together and enjoy their food. But the wealthy had a lot better food than the poor people. And so 
they weren't sharing and that really got the apostle Paul angry and this is what he was addressing and he challenged the believers in the church at Corinth at the time for despising the church now in light of what I've gathered that Pastor Ashish ministered last weekend about strategizing and reaching out it is a mandate from God he said go ye therefore that's a command not please go ye therefore listen for the unsaved this is how the song should go come home come home ye who are weary come home but for the believer this is how the word should read go ye go Okay, a pastor's job is mainly to comfort the afflicted, but I'm not a pastor, I'm a Bible teacher. A teacher's job is to afflict the comfortable. Can I keep afflicting? I won't be here next week. You'd have healed up from the bruises by that time. Alright? But it's in love. It's a command to go. Not to sit on chairs and become spiritually obese and complacent, we are commanded to go. But in order to successfully reach out into our world, we need to be whole ourselves first. So I, would I felt strongly to challenge the body as to how we can become more whole, more spiritually mature and well-rounded as God desires for us to be. So Paul challenges the church. What is the church? He's challenging them that they're despising the church. What is the church is the invisible body of Christ all over the world and those who have gone before us into glory who are waiting for us to join them. But in a tangible sense, locally, this is the church of Jesus. It is not composed of concrete blocks and plaster or hardened clay bricks. The church is made up of the believers. It is not made up of an awesome looking cathedral or something in the Vatican with huge pillars that you can't wrap your arms around. That is not the church. The church is the body of Christ. And Peter calls us lively stones, living stones. Every stone is alive and living and breathing. And the master builder is the Lord Jesus Christ. Building the church, he said to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that's his mainline occupation, to build his church. Matthew 16, 18, in case you wanted that reference, he said, I will build my church. Now what are the implements that he uses to build his church with? We are his hands. We are his feet, you and I. With all the giftings and talents he's placed within us. We are those hands and feet of Jesus. Through whom he builds and nurtures, encourages and edifies and matures his body. See, God's method, and whenever I use the word man, I use it generically to include man, woman, boy, girl. So there's no sexism in the church. Hello. God's method has always been a man. Man, woman, boy, girl. 
And that hasn't changed. We are those instruments, implements that he uses. But how then have we been slipshod, fallen short of fulfilling this mandate? How have I been guilty of despising the church? See, it's understandable for an unbeliever, for an atheist, an agnostic, a communist to despise the church. I forget the name of the Russian leader who once said, Christ in the days of the Soviet Union, which is now defunct, Christianity is the opium of the masses. He was trying to denigrate and to be scathing. But it's interesting that he only singled out Christianity. He was terrified of the impact of the gospel. And by the way, by describing it as a hardcore drug, he was giving it a lot of credit. It's hard to kick the habit. I'm hooked on Jesus. I hope you are, my friend. So we understand when the agnostic, infidel, atheist, communist denigrates and despises the church. But you and I would say, but pastor, I don't despise the church. Well, listen, we have all been guilty in subtler ways. Maybe not so much in our words, but by our actions by our deeds, by our lives of despising the church. How have we been guilty of despising the church? Number one, by oftentimes forsaking church attendance. You know, if we have, even if we haven't told them, our neighbors ought to be aware that we are believers. And not just because you have a little metal cross on the front door of your flat. I hope it's more than that. They should know that we are children of the Most High God. That we serve the King of Kings. And then, you know, it's unbelievable. They're watching you. They ought to know we're believers. Maybe we've been able to share our faith on occasion with them. And then they say, hey, Sunday morning I see that person sprinkling their plants in the pots. Instead of going to church. And their car is not backing out the gate today. However, whatever transport, they've not left the house. True incident in my life in Phoenix, Arizona. Play basketball with a neighbor, Steve. Jim, if a guy is still my friend, he has a key to my house since I've closed up shop there. We shoot basketball. One day he held the ball and said to me, he knows I'm a believer, he knows I'm a minister, and he knows I'm doing missions work. He said, oh, I thought you had to go to church in order to be a Christian and to go to heaven. He actually said that to me. You know, he's a very fine man with a Catholic background, but doesn't go to church at all, earning great money. So I thought you had to go to church to go to heaven. I said, Steve, did I ever tell you that? He said, no, but I thought that's what you believe. I said, Steve, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's a personal faith and relationship in the Lord Jesus. He got it. He didn't get saved, but he got the point. They're looking for real Christianity. Then guess what? A family of four, husband and wife, both pilots, come with their two girls. It was their last opportunity to do a family trip before the older girl could go to college. And so it's tough to get your schedule to synchronize. You fly for free because you're both pilots, right? So you've got to come when you get open seats. They happen to come and I said, I'll take you to the Grand Canyon. I'll take you to Tombstone. Have you heard of Tombstone? Doc Holiday, White, or the shootout. There's a whole movie on it. But that's a good movie, not some of the junk that some of us watch. I'll come to that shortly. I'll come to that, despising the church. And I, I, I committed to take them, but it worked out that they could only come on that particular year over Easter weekend. 
So I took them as many places. I mean, Grand Canyon is three and a half hours one way. It's seven hours driving, three hours seeing. The day is over. So only one day left before they could fly back on their free pilot tickets. And I didn't take them to Tombstone yet. And I spoke to my wife. I said, I promise I'd take them. And and I wasn't preaching anywhere that Sunday. But it was Easter Sunday too. I said, but this is true, okay? Can you handle true stories? These are not kahanis or kades. I said, okay, I I think we should take them to Tombstone. They'll never be together. In fact, now the daughter's in college, so the family won't get together like that. So that Sunday morning, there's the rental van, seven of us, three and four, seven. We got in in my shorts and sneakers, and I drove off. Monday, I'm shooting basketball. Steve comes out. I noticed you didn't go to church on Sunday. Your neighbors are watching you, my friend. He doesn't go to church, but he's watching me. I said, Steve, remember the last conversation we had? Where you said you thought someone had to go to church to go to heaven? And I said, absolutely not. I said, the difference between you and I, Steve, is I miss church as often as you go to it. (laughs) He got the point. With a little humor, a little salt and pepper, but he got the point. Andrew was consistent. But the problem is we can despise the church by not going just because I don't feel fine this morning. I stayed up a little late last night. I was surfing a bit too long. Oh, it's raining, Pastor. So I could, oh, so you're afraid that in the commute from your house to church, you might crash into a raindrop. (laughs) I had fever, Pastor. (laughs) Fever, what fever? Fever on the big toe. Listen closely, my friend. In the time of the early church, because they were sick, they were brought to the Lord Jesus and to the disciples to be prayed for. Now, in the modern day church, ultra modern, high tech, super sophisticated, 21st century church, because we're sick, we don't come to church. Exactly opposite. Tamil the ulta Just the opposite. And we give that as a logical reason why we weren't there. I can guarantee you, if you were on the worship team or something like that, you would have come fever or no fever. And by the way, after church time is over, it's time to go out for lunch. The fever also is gone. Despising the church. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. So there are some people who will willingly, just because they don't feel like it, stay away. In fact, many of our spiritual Pentecostal believers, they have a favorite church that they attend many Sundays in the year. It's called Church of St. Mattress. And don't worry, for those who are not charismatic Pentecostal, though fundamental friends of ours, who are also believers, they have their favorite church. It's called Bedside Baptist. And we are guilty of despising the church. Not just the early Corinthian church. And you know, our neighbors are watching us. If they knew we were believers, and then they see we skip out just because when we feel like 
they are going to have scant regard because our testimony is very weak. They will say it's all talk. And if they don't even know we're believers, then we need to repent and say, Lord, why is it my neighbors don't even know I'm a Christian yet? Does not my light shine? Somebody said, and I'm sure we've heard this expression, actions speak louder than words. Now let, watch this. Let's go a little deeper. Your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Now let's go one level deeper. Our actions are so loud, God can't hear what you're praying. If you can't say amen, say oh me. You say, but I pray, I cry out, Lord, help me, bless me, bless me. But our actions are contravening our words. I do love you. Please, I really love people. But can I keep teaching? You know, don't feel condemned, but by all means get convicted. Because conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Because there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That conviction by the Spirit will bring change in our lives. My actions have been so loud, God can, no wonder, now the bulb comes on, no wonder my prayer is not being answered. I need to straighten out these major areas in my life. Billy's Sunday. A wonderful baseball player in America, he's now passed away, who got radically saved. He probably stole the most bases. He used to run like greased lightning. Just touch the ball, you know, like in cricket. If you just play defensive, drop the ball, before the guy could do anything, he's at the next crease. So fast. The two, but here we have two. There's just the one batter. Billy Sunday got radically saved. He said, and I quote, most, and he's talking about Christians, most Christians know how to feed their belly three hot meals a day, but their soul one cold snack a week. And that applies. The snack, it will be a snack, and it will be cold if you attend the church of the frozen chosen. I can assure you at APC you won't have a cold snack. And I think you understood what I meant by the church of the frozen chosen. If you have to have a book for prayers to read, something is radically wrong. Let me tell you, I got married a year and a half ago after my wife passed to Anne. Imagine me going to court Anne. I say, hello, Anne. You look cute, Anne. I like your makeup, Anne. That's nice. Sorry, Anne. I'll see you tomorrow, Anne. I come back next day, two days. Hello, Anne. Oh, what a lovely. Sorry, Anne. I like your makeup, Anne. Oh, those are nice glasses, Anne. I'll see you tomorrow. She'll think I'm cuckoo. <laughs> come on. Which single lady here would appreciate someone like that courting her? She will sign you off in a jiffy, sir. And yet we go and call that worshiping God. When the Lord Jesus himself said not to be like the heathen using vain repetition. Pretty Polly, pretty dear. Don't get me wrong. Those words are fraught with meaning. But when you say it repeatedly, you are no better than a, than a local colored tota. Which means parrot. It must come from the heart. Oh baby, you look gorgeous. Can I take you out for dinner? Woo, come on. You talk to Jesus from your heart. I love you, Lord. Let me tell you something. The day will come when I will be in the presence of my Savior. I will not be able to stand. 
I will be flat on my face, prostrate, because he is holy. That's how you worship. Oh, but I keep that membership so in case I die, they'll keep one plot for me at that church. Grow up. Mature. Stop playing double shuffle. One foot here in the water on the land. In the water on the land. You know why you, you, you put one foot here on the land? Because if you had both feet in the water, you'd be drowning by now. It's time to grow up. Oh, but look at the edifice. That's not the church. We are the church. We despise the church. Watch this. By accepting its benefits without accepting its responsibilities. We want all the privileges, all the perks. See, our name, I'm a member. Actually, I think of the ads. Did it talk about uh, membership classes? And the ads? But the prerequisite to become a member, you have to attend membership classes, which is a good thing. But what's the point if you attend the membership classes, get a membership certificate, you frame it and put it up in the house, and then you skip out, you hardly show up. And you're not involved. There's a guy in America with a legal background. Now, God bless the Christian lawyers. We need more of them. Especially in that profession, we need Christians. Okay. <laughs> but this guy has legal background. He became a member of our home church there in Pennsylvania. And then he read the bylaws. Once you go through the classes, you get your membership. You're inducted as a member of the church. You have to attend minimum three times a year. Or else your name will be struck off the membership rolls. Exactly three times a year he came and then he would come at the business meeting and kick up the most ruckus. That membership, allow me to use an American term, is a bunch of baloney. Let me give you Brother Andrew, not the Lord, but I. The Apostle Paul says that many times. So don't you come to me and say, God, 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 God said, God told me, keep quiet a little bit. Just tell me what you feel. I'll share with you what I feel church membership is like. You're actively involved. Yes, you go through the membership classes. But true membership is when you're actively involved in the life of the church, whichever area God has gifted you, or areas, and you're effectively paying your full tithes and offerings. Now I call you a member. Not the Lord, but I. No, amen, so quiet. We despise the church by accepting its benefits, its privileges, but shirking our responsibilities. So our church, our name may be on the church membership rolls, but we are inactive. We're excellent pew warmers. We take communion when it's served, maybe once a month, but we ourselves will do nothing to save the lost. And that goes online with what Pastor Ashish was sharing last week about reaching out to the lost. When we take communion, but do nothing to reach out to the lost and dying world, we are saying, I appreciate and honor the sorrow that Jesus went through. But I will not participate in his suffering because I'm afraid I'll get persecuted if I go out and share the gospel. We commemorate his sorrow but skip out on the suffering. I want an easy Christianity. We enjoy the programs. In fact, last Easter, I think I happened to be here. That's not the Sunday that the family visited. <laughs> I was here. And there was a fantastic program. Do some of you remember it? The kids were doing like dances or whatever it was. Great stuff. So Easter Sunday... Christmas choir or Christmas uh, play. It's packed out. We want all the privileges. Oh, look, that's my daughter. Look how cute she is. Click, 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 click. <laughs> but if I myself am not getting enriched in the word of God, not growing and maturing, all I want is the perks. Come, come, bring grandpa, grandma, come see my baby on the stage. 
We want the privileges without picking up the responsibilities. And that's a tragic indictment against the body of Christ by and large. And you know, when we do that, we are basically treating the church as an entertainment center, as, as a business contact point. Oh, you have contacts where in Germany? Oh, okay. Let's, let's have email address. Or, if I'm into multi-level marketing, and there's nothing wrong, I understand, Amway, there are other places, MLMs, but don't see people in the church with rupee signs in your mind all the time. And we're no better than the world. Money, money, money. Must be funny in a rich man's world. Oh, why can't I be the next Ambani? Why can't I be the next Bill Gates? Why can't I be the next Vijay Malia? It's all about money. No, it's about souls. The Lord Jesus Christ left the portals of heaven to come to this sin cursed earth to lay his life down to save souls. But we treat it like an entertainment center like a place for business contacts, like a social club. Now then, listen, those two marriages that the bands were published, fantastic. There's, listen, young sing- singles, uh, men and women, there's no better place to meet your future mate other than in the church. Seriously. Sometimes a guy likes the girl so much he'll come to church just because he's wanting to get close to her, but in the process he can get saved. Praise God. Praise God. Let them come. Let them all the suitors come, sister. Let them all get saved, then you pick one, okay? All right. But it's not just a social club, although it's a great place to meet your mate. In fact, most Bible colleges are, are, are euphemistically called bridal colleges. Don't denigrate the church to the level of a social club, of a business contacts, of a entertainment and pleasure. Then we are guilty of despising the church. We'll bring our babies when we're married for dedication. But after that we skip out, which means they don't get nurtured in the word of God. They miss Sunday school. They miss all the word of God. Why? You think because my baby, I got the, the, the uh, membership certificate. Now my baby's got the dedication certificate so my baby's going to heaven. So that's it. I did my duty. Come on church, that's not what the word of God teaches. By the way, when you dedicate your baby, your baby is going to heaven if something happens just because an innocent baby, not because of you. Because an innocent baby can be an unbeliever's child. Babies are innocent. The Bible says so. It counts to have if the child is of holy seed. But just because the baby was dedicated doesn't raise it in the word of God. You keep coming. I've seen people who will say, okay, you're my neighbor. You take my child to Sunday school. And they stay home. How sad. That's a fractured model for your child's future. Young people, they come and expect the pastor to do the marriage. And once they're married, goodbye, see you later. They're off on a trip. We are then despising the church. And even for the ones who are elderly, we expect the pastor and the church to do our burial. But while we're still alive, we ourselves are unprepared for death. Even after we're dead. We have expectations of the church. At least let's pull our, our fair share while we are alive. One person said, I go to church only three times in the year. New Year, Easter, Christmas. One guy was said, I have one better than that. I will be in church only three times in my life. First time when I'm hatched, next when I'm matched, and third when I'm dispatched. 
hatched, mashed and dispatched. And then he went further to say, when I was hatched, I had no choice. My parents took me there as a baby. When I was matched, I didn't want to come, but she drugged me by the leg and I had to go there. And when I'm dispatched, I won't have any say in the matter. They'll take my body there and have a service. Obviously, that was on the jocular side. But I'm trying to, 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 to make a point as you well know. How do we despise the church? Now, here comes a heavy point. It's okay. You know, I still love you, right? We can despise the church by failing to make adequate preparation for the service. That's right. You heard me correct. See, we expect, whether it was Pastor Ashish last Sunday, or Brother Andrew this Sunday, Sister Susie next Sunday, it doesn't matter who the minister is. We expect, we have an expectation that the minister will be prayed up, will be studied up, would have done their homework, their research, checked the commentaries, and that the word of God will be anointed and I will be blessed and become spiritually obese. Let me ask you, my friend. Of course, I need to pray. I need to seek God. I need to hear from him. So does Pastor Ashish. But did you spend, did you spend 60 seconds this past week Father God, give Pastor Ashish the right message for the people in Ajmer. 60 seconds even. And you know what's even worse than that? We sit down, we had Brother Jaikuma, right? You led the worship. We say, oh, I didn't like the worship, it was too loud. The songs, half of them, I didn't know the songs. And we have so many complaints about the worship. And then the ultimate is when we say, Listen closely. I got nothing out of that worship. Please listen to me, church. I was visiting a church in Arizona. I read their bulletin, new, new, newcomers, welcome package. I read a statement that rocked me so hard, I'll never forget it till I go to be with Jesus. It said, the only person who has the right to say I got nothing out of that worship is God. Is God. The Bible commands us to bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Instead we moan and groan and whine and wheeze and murmur and complain and grumble like the children of Israel and only Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land. We are to come pumped, ready. You remember that World Cup? That potential energy was already in every fan in the stands and it changed into kinetic energy with the cheers and the lusty yells and shouts and come on! This is the church of Jesus Christ. We serve a risen Savior. We should come ready to lift our hands to worship him with abandon and who cares what the person next to me if I feel like kneeling I shall kneel I don't need the worship leader to say let's raise our hands one Hispanic worship leader in Pennsylvania said this to me years ago on the worship team he said you know Pastor Andrew many times we worship God in our churches hands are raised but our mind is somewhere else thinking about someone or something or some problem and our heart is far away. I can hear God saying, put your hands down, lift your hearts up to me instead. Now, the ideal is 
to lift our hearts, hands, and voices. Apostle Paul says, I would that all men everywhere lift up holy hands unto God. If you're saved, my friend, your hands are holy. Lift them up unashamedly to the holy God, but make sure you lift your heart up too. And repent. For every time I've said, oh, that worship was useless, that song, even if you don't know the song, you don't like the song, it's too fast, it's too slow, it's too loud, you just worship God in the spirit where you're sitting or standing. We have come to give the sacrifice of praise in the house of our God. I love you, you know that. I really do. Did you pray 60 seconds this week? 60 seconds before coming. Lord Jesus, there'll be newcomers, first-time visitors. Some of them may not be saved. I pray for the lost. Save the unsaved. So please, let's not go back. Lunchtime, you know what many believers do? What's their, when they go out to eat for lunch? Most of them, their favorite order for lunch. Shall I tell you what's the most believers they order for lunch? It's an Italian dish called roast pasta. I'm punning on the word pasta, of course. They will cut the pasta to shreds, criticize the church, worship leader, this, that. Saw that girl? Look what she was wearing there. Actually, whoever that sister was, you're very graciously attired, sister. Modestly and graciously. I commend you. For the guys, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> so please from henceforth you make a commitment right now you don't have to wait for all to call you don't need to come up here right there in your chair Lord I repent I shall not dissect the pastor like that I will take what I get and meditate upon it I pledge to pray for the pastor I pledge to pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit I pledge to pray for the unsaved who come that they will get saved and I pledge to pray that I will grow as the others in my faith as a mature man and woman of God. We despise the church by being often irreverent in the service. When we fail to listen, I'm sitting here or thinking of something somewhere. I'm daydreaming. Listen, I can understand that if you're sitting in calculus and you don't understand it. <laughs> you should have been in general math, not doing advanced calculus. And then you're dreaming. I understand that. I'm talking about the way I used to think. I couldn't handle calculus. I went to general math. But I did science and English. It's okay. To each his own, right? I was seeing stars and some. But, but this is not advanced calculus. This is the basic, simple gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about life and living and victorious, conquering Christian life. By not listening closely, we're chapped. And chuckling and laughing also in church many times. How disrespectful. I'm not talking about to me or to the pastor or the leaders or the worship team, it's to the Lord. Let me tell you this. Brother Song, I saw him here somewhere, this Korean brother. There he is with his wife. I went to Seoul, Korea, to Dr. Cho's church in 1990. I'm still remembering it after how many years. We Western delegates were upstairs. The Koreans come. Nobody's talking to anybody. They just sit there early. 
Just praying, praying, praying in Korean, praying in tongues, praying in Korean. We sit there, we're all chatting, laughing. We see them with the Holy Spirit conviction came upon us. No wonder why the Western church is in the condition it is. But yet we want to copy the West, don't we? Watch out. Actually, that prayerfulness of that nation, one of the fruit of that is the fact that I'm driving today a Hyundai, which comes from Korea. That's the proof. I shared with my wife. The, you, you see the garbage thrown in the streets here? In places? The fruit is a result of the root. The fruit is a result of the root. What you see outside, that's a result of the core belief of the nation. So we need, that's why Pastor Ashish shared what he said. We need to get the gospel out. So that people can come to Christ. So that the, not only lives, communities, cities, the nation will be transformed. We despise the church by coming late. We just come in. In fact, I'm going to be honest. On confession time. I'm more a word guy. I like deep, challenging. You know, when I'm really challenged, even if it's a TV preacher, I'll whip out a piece of paper and a pen. I'll start putting notes down. But sometimes, <laughs> so then you switch the channel. Don't go to sleep. But because I like deep teaching in the word, I would purposely, as a younger believer, come to church about 30 to 45 minutes late. You know why? I let the worship and all go. They can make a noise. I want to come for the word. Come on, confess. Some of us are the same way. Or some of us are the opposite. We like the worship. Forget about the word. Man. So, no, no, sister, just, I'll pick on you for a second. So the mother's got the baby in the hand. Worship is done. Just give the baby one pinch. Okay, I'm going out. That's it. But don't worry. Sometimes the daddy also is holding the baby. He can be up to the same tricks. We despise the church by coming in late or leaving early. Do you know at the end of the service, when it's one of the most important times when the unsaved come up to make a commitment to Christ, instead of walking out to chit-chat, that's the time you can, you, even if you're not an elder, you can be right there praying for that. So, when you, and leaders start on time. I know this is one of Pastor Ashish's pet peeves because he was my shiksha. Is that shiksha is right? Student, follower, disciple? Guru, old guru. I know he's, this is one of his peeves because people come in when they feel like it. And don't look at me and say, Pastor Andrew, you came late. We came driving from Jayanagar, South Church. That's why I was not here on time. And that too, there was a roadblock. I still got here ahead of some other people. Mm. Okay. <laughs> adi, adi. <laughs> when you start late, you punish the diligent and reward the delinquent. When you start on time, you punish the delinquent and reward the diligent. Start on time. No IST, no Indian stretchable time. Pakka time. I was going to give my bias, my wife knows, I call it American standard time. My friend, you go for a job interview. How late you go? They won't even give you a second look. We go there early, we're sitting like this, dressed tickety-boo, you know, tie everything in place, the document with all the papers, doing the interview, talking about not listening carefully. We are listening keenly to everything that that interviewer says. We are poised and ready to give the best answer we can. We are looking sharp, everything. 
when it comes to the body of Christ, we have been guilty many times. We come to church, scrubby, two and a half days worth of daddy is there. Okay, if you have a pakka daddy, it's okay, but not afaf. You be well shaved or you have a nicely grown beard. You know, take care of yourself. Look good. By the way, when I was young in the church, Sister Amy, you like this. This American missionary was at the church where I was assistant pastor too. So we had a trick question for the American missionary. Like the scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus, you know. They tried to trick him. Oh, we young guys thought we were heroes. Like you probably think now. No, 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 no. He said, Reverend Paul, this American missionary, because American, his wife dresses up nice, they have lipstick. What about ladies using makeup? We thought we had him, you know, a nice trick. He said, well, in America, we have a saying, if the house needs painting, paint it. <laughs> Lovely answer. So ladies, look your best. Now don't, don't go for overkill and all that. Now then they'll wonder if it's like new age or something. <laughs> but dress well. You want to use it, it'll make up fine. Little nail polish, toe polish, fine. So dress up, look your best. That's all right. But we come like scruffs. Chappals. Drawer. Nothing wrong with that, but come clean. The scriptures says, let things be done decently and in order. So, be a, we are irreverent by coming late, chatting, walking out in the middle. You know, God dislikes irreverence. It's not just what we hear, it's how we hear. Are we sitting there with an attitude? Pastor, I know you're trying to say it to me. Forget about it. You'll, I'll never listen. It's like this one guy in America. Every time, when the, and he really had some issues. When the pastor would preach, he'll touch that issue. And when he went out, the pastor would make sure he was there to shake people's hands. And he would say, oh, pastor, you really gave it to them that time. Every time you really gave it to them. It was never for him. So one day there was a heavy snowstorm. Only this guy and the pastor were in church. The pastor thought, praise God. Now we'll do some morrow by. Come on. And he preached on the point. He knew this guy needed to work on. And when the pastor got down, he shook his hand. And he said, oh, pastor, if only they were here. You would really have given it to them that time. I, I hope that's not you, congregation. It's me. It's me. You know that song? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing, not my father, not my brother, not the dinker, not the tailor, not the soldier, not the sailor, not the butcher, not the baker. It's me. Standing in the need of prayer. It's not just what we hear, but how we hear. Is our heart broken before him? We despise the church by not having strong religious beliefs. You're saying, brother, please stop. I had enough. (laughs) by not having strong enough religious convictions and beliefs. Let me give you at least two examples here. You come here, you're singing, you know, Jehovah, Jara, you're my provider, you're the same, you never change. In the car coming here, if you came by car, what kind of CD music and all were you listening to? Okay, if you're single, at least and you're hoping, you know. But what kind? Okay, that's just a simple example. But some young people, rough rock music, metallic music. 
which is literally inspired by evil spirits. And then we wonder why the anointing is not in my life. And for us adults, not just the young people. Oh, brother, I don't see movies. I remember because I was part of a church here before I went overseas. No going to movies. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that sits not in the seat of the scornful and stands in the way of sinners. You can't be there. All right. Fine, fine. I hardly ever go into movie theater. Don't worry about it. Don't panic. But in the weed level, a DVD player at the side. What DVD bank tape? What kind of TV also? What stuff are you watching? So you say, I don't go to the movie theater, but yet in the house, I will watch some garbage. That, my friend, is hypocrisy. That's being two-faced. I love you. Please understand. I mean it. The greatest respect I have for my associate pastor in my church in America. He is the vice president of my board at APT Foundation. He was preaching one day, teaching. And he said, you know, my wife was asleep one night. And I was, you know what men do? We cannot stay on one channel for long. We keep on changing channels. He said, and I suddenly came across this channel. This is America. In a nude scene. And he said, do you know, you can't imagine how difficult it was for me to flip the channel or turn off the TV. He said, I did. But it took me a few seconds. Here's the associate. I respect him more. He was being honest. Are you listening to me? We are normal red-blooded males. So the point is, don't even go there. The kind of music we listen to, the kind of movies. And by the way, if your hero or star is Bachchan or, or Shahrukh Khan, I, I'm serious. I feel very sorry for you. Because your heroes are people that don't have a snowflake's chance of going to heaven if they don't repent of their sins. I was very quiet. Heroes? And so what are you watching? I watch some TV. Let me be more honest with you. I'll watch sports, wildlife, or news. My wife knows. One and a half years long enough, she can't bluff her anymore. And even with wildlife, animal planet, the moment they say millions of years ago, immediately I change the channel. Because it contravenes scripture. The Bible, you read the genealogies from Adam to now, we're about 6,000 years on the face of the earth from the time of creation of man and all living things. There's no way even dinosaurs were created at that time and died before then. Listen, very quickly. If you check the genealogies, the Noah's flood took place about one and a half thousand years after the creation of Adam and Eve. You check the genealogies in the Bible. And the oldest trees on planet earth are the redwoods in California, which are 4,500 years old. Hello. That's the time the flood took place. When the waters receded, new life came about. Those are the oldest. And you can tell it's a botanical, scientific, confirmable fact because when you cut it down, you see the annular rings. But if you want to continue watching millions and millions of years ago and you let your children watch that by default, then you know, please follow my suggestion. In the house, you have pictures of your family and your parents and your grandparents. Above them, put up pictures of your ancestors. Apes, gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans and baboons. Because those are your ancestors, right? You came from them. If you believe in millions of years. We despise the church by not having strong beliefs or convictions. And then it's transferred to our kids. We let them listen to what they want, watch what they want. 
Go on the internet and see what they want. Husbands, what were you surfing and watching last night? You think it's fine, men, to watch porn late at night and then come and say I'm a believer? My friend, that is hypocrisy. That is duplicity. You can fool us, but you can never fool God. We need to have that demon of pornography broken over our lives. Here's what I did with my son when he was 11 years old in America. It was the time that my wife had passed away. So whatever age, 11, 12. I was sitting in my room. There's not even a wife there to watch what I look. How about that? My son's bedroom is the other side of the house. And this filth, you know, you get spam, came into my computer. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, call your son. I don't open it. You can tell by the subject or the link. It's going to be trash. Don't you click on it. Just the title. I called my son. Look, come here, son. He came. I want you to see something. You read that subject box? Yes, dad. I want you to know. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I said, I want you to know that God, the Holy Spirit, has given dad the overcoming power and ability not to even double click on that thing. You know what I'm modeling for my son? I am believing and expecting the same from you. That you'll be untainted from this pornographic, sinful, filthy world. We can be. We can be, my friend. Husbands, fathers, men, single, married, whatever. Jesus is able to break every yoke. We despise the church by using our talents poorly. If you have music abilities, whatever, vocal, music, uh, if you could be in the ministry of helps, you could be a great organizer, you could be a choreographer, whatever, uh, a graphic designer for the church, offer your gifts for the local church, not just for your job. Praise God for your job. Listen, when people used to ask me as a young man, this is before I went to America. What work do you do? I said, I work for the Lord Jesus. My job as I teach at Bishop Cotton's. You understand why God will call you and entrust you certain things? When you get it squared off in your head, that's just a job that God gave me to make money so I can expand the kingdom. But my work, Jesus said, my, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. So realign your whole thinking. We work for him. He is my boss. We despise the church by unworthy giving to the church. Let me ask you, mothers, dads, if there's a school sports day, or a fair, congress exhibition, or whatever. How much cash would you give your children? But when, it, when they are kids, for church, otherwise coins. For the foreigners, 10 rupees, 5 rupees are coins. See, we are modeling for them that the body of Christ, the church, is insignificant. It's unimportant. It's in the last place. But to party, to have fun, and no, nothing wrong with that. We want our kids to have ice cream and some snacks at field day. But show them that the church is far more important than that. And by the way, our tithes are a minimum 10% of your gross income. Minimum 10% of your gross income. A lady at the South Church came to me after the pastor, I have a question. How do you prove it's of the gross income? I said, so since she asked me, I'll answer it for you now. Okay, first of all, the Bible says we are to tithe of all our income. Secondly, just say the state takes 15% tax on your paycheck. Let's suppose to make it easy, you earned 1,000 rupees this week. 
15% tax means they took 150. How much did you get in hand? 850. So I said, now if you tie the 85 rupees, you've tied on the net income, the take-home income. But the state took their 15% on the gross income. So then your actions are saying that you honor the government higher than you honor God. And look what you got for honoring Yadriyuropa so much. This morning's paper says he's in jail, but he's getting food from home. He got rotis, rotis and dal made from home for his tricks. But the point is, you tithe minimum 10% of your gross income. Beyond that, if they have a special offering for uh, youth camp or for missions outreach, that's above and beyond that. But the tithe is minimum 10% of the gross income. Now watch me with this. Before we were saved, how much did we guys average spend a month on our booze? Now I never drank, but I'm making myself look bad so you can swallow the tablet quietly. <laughs> Just say a thousand rupees. How much did we spend on our cancer? Fags is homosexual in America, but here it means cigarette. I thought I'd just put that for fun. On our cigarettes, how much you spend? 400, 300? I don't know the price. I never smoked. I don't know. So 1,300, 1,400 already. How much do we spend on, you know, gambling or nightclubs or whatever? At least, at least, let our giving to the church of Jesus exceed, if not equal, what we happily gave to the devil. I think most people are so quiet and shocked. I'll say it again. At least can our giving to the church Equal if not exceed what we gladly gave to the devil. So, we can despise the church in our giving. What are some of the results of despising the church? The Lord is grieved because we are sinning against him. When we hurt his body, we hurt him. The earth organization of the church is weakened. Sinners will be turned away by our complacency and indifference. Listen to this statement. A strong, clean church attracts sinners. A strong, they say, oh no, they'll think you're holier than that. No, 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 no. You just worship the living God and walk in the light of his love. You become like a powerful magnet. And you know in middle school we did little experiments. A clean, strong, powerful magnet will even pull out the iron filings from the sand. It's a strong, not a compromising church. Not a weak church. A strong, clean church attracts sinners. The faithful few, when we are guilty of despising the church, you know what happens? The ones who are, the few faithful ones become overburdened. Because we're not pulling our share. All we want is the privileges, right? So those become overburdened and burned out. The non-attender, the one who doesn't come is the loser. Spiritually, I lose because my spiritual growth becomes stunted. Physically, I would gain if I came. It's a good day of rest in the house of the Lord. David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And materially or financially, I lose out because God can only multiply what I sow. Simple thing. If I put a thousand rupees this morning, 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. Thousand times 30 is 30,000. 60,000, 100,000. But if I put zero, if I... <clears throat> coughed when the bag came around. No, simple math. Middle school math. Zero times 30 years. Zero times 60 years. Zero. Zero times 100 years. Still zero. In Tamil we say, Koli Mutte. 
So we lose out. What is the remedy for despising the church of God? Recognize. Like someone said, admit it and quit it. But if you don't admit it, you can't quit it. We must recognize that I, I need to recognize I have a problem. This issue is a problem in my life. Repent and confess to the Lord Jesus Christ. We must repent. The very first word the Lord Jesus uttered when he began his public ministry. Check Matthew 4.17 later. The very first word he preached was repent. We must repent. Without repentance there is no salvation or remission of sins. Confess it to him. And third, listen. You might say, I'm not the type that likes to come up to the altar. That's fine. Consider this your altar call now. Right where you're sitting, my friend, in your heart, between you and God, you make a vow. Father, I am sorry. I thank you for opening my eyes and making it abundantly plain that the things I took so lightly, I too lightly esteemed the word of God. I too lightly esteemed the house of God, the church of God. I repent. I make a vow to you to pull up my socks in these areas because I want to grow I want to mature. I want to be an effective instrument in your hands. Listen to this statement. As you grow and mature, this one Christian scholar wrote and said, My body shall be the theater through which the glory of God shall be displayed. I thought, wow. He wasn't being proud or boastful. His goal was my body shall be the theater through which the glory of God shall be displayed. Make that your commitment. Shine through me, Lord. And express to your pastor. I know Pastor Ashish is not here today. His wife is here. The leaders are here. When he comes back next week, express to them your willingness that you will be more faithful. That you are sorry for your shortfalls. Starting today. I want to close by reading you a little poem. Reading a little poem. Ten little churchmen went to church when fine. But it started raining. Then there were nine. Nine little churchmen stayed up very late. One overslept himself. Then there were eight. Eight little churchmen on the road to heaven. One joined a gambling club. Then there were seven. Seven little churchmen heard of Sunday flicks. One thought he'd like to go. Then there were six. Six little churchmen kept the place alive. One bought a TV set, then there were five. Five little churchmen seemed loyal to the core. The pastor upset one of them, then there were four. Four little churchmen argued heatedly over ceremonials, then there were three. Three little churchmen sang the service through, got a hymn they didn't know, then there were two. Two little churchmen disputed who should run the next church concert, then there was one. One faithful churchman, knowing what to do, got a friend to come to church. Then there were two. Two sincere churchmen, each brought in one more. So their number doubled. Then there were four. Four sturdy churchmen simply couldn't wait till they found four others. Then there were eight. Eight eager churchmen searching round for souls, working, praying, witnessing, drew others in by shoals. Shoals and shoals at every service, cramming every pew. Oh God, supply this grace and zeal in our own APC too.
Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, Father God, we thank you for your for the worship, the opportunity, the privilege we had to bring the sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord this morning. And I thank you for the word. Lord, it's your word. We are just vessels. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for breaking your word to your people this morning. Oh God, I pray now that it find that it hook into their very souls, that they will not rest until those areas have been dealt with by the power of your Holy Spirit. There's some area or areas here, by so saying, you're saying, I want, I am making this vow to the Father today. And you are also saying to the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Just slip up your hand. Many hands, many hands, many hands. In fact, for some of us, it will be many areas we have fallen in our commitment. Thank you. Now, Father, with these hands raised, you see their hands. You see their hearts, Lord. Make them overcomers. The word says that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Thank you for a bunch of overcoming Christians here this morning. By the power of your spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. And to present you faultless before his throne of grace with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, dominion, and honor forevermore. And everyone said, Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.